Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. Yay. Uh, My name is Karina. My name is Ian. And we are joined by our first returning guest today. You know her. You love her. She is our field correspondent for all things Kristen Chenoweth. (laughs) It is Jenna Kate Monosoff, ladies, gents, and everyone in between. Yay! I am honored to be back in my favorite role of being the Kristen Chenoweth correspondent. I have been training for this since I was 14 years old, so I'm glad to finally put it to some good use. I'm glad you knew that we would need you one day. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, it, this is what my whole life has led up to. So Amazing. Uh, naturally, since Jenna is here, that means we can only be discussing one thing, which is Season 1, Episode 16, entitled Home. Wait, is this 16? Yes. Oh, I have it down as 15. I have to change everything now. Anyway, it's go okay. on. Your email did freak me out when I got that. I was like, oh shit, did I watch the no. t- one of the wrong episodes? No, that, that's just <laughs> okay. me. That's just me. It's 16. I double checked. But go anyway, on. it initially aired April 27th of 2010. April for April. Yes. Oh my god. Oh. Um, I just want to say that this episode aired like fully into our second semester of at least Jen and I's freshman year of college and I could feel it in my soul everything about this I was like yep hitting all the beats I yeah watching this episode I think even more so than the the first Kristen Chenoweth episode was a very visceral experience for me because I I was transported back uh to our dorm freshman year like I think we watched this together like, I think we did on our TV. I really on the think floor. we did. Yeah, either on the TV on the floor or the TV in the downstairs basement lounge. lounge. The basement oh, lounge. No. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so there might be some bias on this. Episode. Again, this is just an excuse to catch up there, from college. I'm just saying there might be some bias on this episode because it has. It's close to the heart. It is very close. It's very to the close heart. to the heart. Because other than that, it's not very good. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but, like, when I finished this episode, I turned to my roommate and I was like, this episode had everything and nothing at Everything the same time. and nothing. So, let's start off with this recap, which was literally just, like, 20 seconds talking about, like, Bert and his dad from the time he joined the football team. Um, yes. And April's here, too. Yes. Fine. Mm-hmm. And, um, lest you forget that last episode, Kurt and Mercedes joined the cheerleaders. Um, yes. Which I did need to remember because uh, spoiler, it's been a couple weeks since we were last recorded, and I was like, "What did happen last last week?" Yeah. <laughs> we we front load these episodes, and it's great. Um, um, so yeah, Kurt and Mercedes are still Cheerios, and Sue Sylvester but, brings them into her office, and she tears Mercedes down, and we are hitting the ground running with, "You need to lose weight. You need to dress in a gender appropriate cheer uh, Cheerios uniform." Um, and uh, it's uh, it's a little uncomfortable nowadays. It's what you expect. It's very yeah. I I watched it or, like the first that first scene. I just was kind of like, oh no, we're starting this this early in this episode. Yeah. Like, oh god, like this was a rough year for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
there was one quote though like one of my favorite quotes i can't remember if it was before or after the scene but it's when britney says i'm pretty sure my cat's been reading my diary (laughs) um i couldn't remember if that was before or after the scene but i that was i was very happy to hear that because i was like that's one of her that's like yeah that's like peak britney like non sequitur it was nothing it means nothing in the context of an episode but you love to hear it and she reads them so well they're perfect mm-hmm. every single one of them is perfect but um um also now mercedes and kurt have like a handshake that goes into the bangs thing oh, yeah. that kurt does and uh, yeah i um i thought of ukraine actually um i also thought of me um but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean it has some positives like there's a positive of mercedes clearly like being like i don't really want to wear the skirt and they and kurt's like oh no you shouldn't be like embarrassed about your body and it's unclear if this is like her fronting or just how she feels where she was like no i don't want to show that much skin because then there'll be a sex riot um right she doesn't say it like that she sounds cooler when she says sex riot but <laughs> but she does say sex she riot. says it in so Hashtag cool. sex riot. she's like yes yeah. i'm i'm a i'm a beautiful full-figured woman i just prefer wearing cheerleader pants to a skirt that's yeah. literally made out of pieces of fringe which and I, I guess that's why, like, I, I get there's, like, a whole character arc in the episode, but that's kind of why it, this episode felt a bit out of place from a yeah. character standpoint, just overall with Mercedes, because even though, like, she calls out the whole structure of it all for, like, being the sassy black woman, she still has always been, like, unapologetically herself. Yes. So mm-hmm. the fact that we're going, like, diving headfirst into a body image thing... Um, it feels a little out. Anyway, Sue I mean, is... I would say it's not unrealistic because there are plenty of high school girls who can feel like they're the shit and then all it takes is, like, one comment or one bad day and then you're spiraling. But it yeah. does feel like... And boys. And true. boys, for that and matter. Boys. <laughs> any, any, any teen. But it does feel any very teen. much like, okay, well, let's put a body image episode in. We just gotta make sure to wrap it up by the end of the episode. This will not be an ongoing problem. Right. I yeah. guess I guess I th- I I meant to say it felt more shoehorned than it anything. did feel shoehorned. I did like yeah. that Sue asked why Kurt and Mercedes don't have their own show on Bravo, which yes. is a show I would prefer to be watching. They should. I mean, episode. I watch a lot of um Amber Riley's TikToks and it it truly like They give me life, especially the one where she's like shading on Glee because she's like Oh, for sure. She used the I one that's like I would do it too. I would do it too for a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was employee of the month. It was employee of the month. <laughs> oh, and this is all because um Sue is waiting to meet Tracy Pendergrass, mm-hmm. a journalist who um will hopefully name Sue as what is it, cheerleading coach of the year? Two of the past two thousand years. Y- yes. <laughs> that is literally what she says. She says they right. after much campaigning they've agreed <laughs> they've agreed to name me cheerleading coach of the past two thousand years. Perfect Sue Sylvester line. Because, quote, people should know who I am. No, she says she's going to write the Ohio Secretary of State so she no longer has to carry ID. Has to carry an ID. Yes, Um, yes. And then, of course, all this leads to the fact that she has um, taken control of the auditorium for the week in preparation. Let's get into that. Because Shu finds out that he can no longer use the auditorium. And my question is... Weren't you practicing in the music room to begin with? When it's convenient. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but also, why would the cheerleaders need 
the stage. The auditorium if they perform in the gym. Right. You, or, you know, on the field. I mean, it's probably just supposed to be like, I'm Sue Sylvester and I'm a bully. Yeah, I'm taking over the space. Um, right. But it's mostly so Will can sit the kids down in the choir room and say the line, don't worry, guys, I'm going to find us a new home. Except the way Will Schuster says it, he says, I'm going to find you us a new home. Like, Ugh. like... Make sure you heard the word, guys. He said home, and I went, ugh. Did you guys know that was the name of this episode? The the amount of scenery he chewed to say the word home. I was like, calm the fuck down, sir. Guts alert. This is our guts of the episode. And it's only, like, getting worse, I feel like. It is. Yes. Absolutely. Also, like, the way he says, like, we faced adversity before. I'm like, I don't think not being allowed to practice in the auditorium for a week is adversity, but go off, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, oh, sorry, you're an unpopular club. Ooh. Yeah. Like, but you still have gotten everything you needed to succeed. Right? Right. You seem to be uh, doing pretty fine today. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we cut to cafeteria with Mercedes, like, trying to eat healthy. But real quick before yes. we do that, we also have um, a little moment of Kurt asking Finn for his opinions oh, on yeah. this hunting lodge design quote-unquote um uh, i'm gonna be honest we with don't you. know why yet i'm gonna be honest with you everything that has to do with kurt in this episode made me want to hide underneath my bed it was uncomfortable i i i was confused because i was like i couldn't figure out what his the true motive is and i mean obviously we'll get to this later yeah. but like when he was talking about the um like the design i was like this i, I is it because you love him? Like, I truly, I was like, this, I'm not really sure what your end game is. It's all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it's, it. But It's a whole thing. Yeah. But then we are in the cafeteria, and Mercedes is just fully crash dieting. Well, she wasn't um, to start, which I also kind of like. She was like, no, I'm eating some chicken breast and a side salad. And you're like, yeah, right, that's, right, if you're right. going to start eating healthy, that's like the number one Pinterest recipe. But gets yeah. told yeah. she has to start crash dieting by Santana and Brittany, who only eat the oh. Sue Sylvester Master Cleanse. Um, <clears throat> the only yeah. thing I remember about that is they left off a bunch of ingredients, and then they cut back to Santana and Brittany, and Brittany just says, sometimes I add a teaspoon of sand. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we talked about it just now, but, like, the sand comment and the cat's been reading my diary yes. comment, like, in the same, like, minute, it was awesome. It's you can't go wrong with. They're a finally letting her like develop her character. Yes, a right. little bit. They're like, oh, who is this? This is hilarious. And um, I remember that was like the very like 2010. Like I remember people drinking like the cayenne, the cayenne and, and the lemon, lemon and the maple yes. syrup. Yeah, yeah, that took me back. I was like, oh, oh we God. did that. Like this, like, like then there's the vomiting agent, which yeah. was uncomfortable. Oh, Ipecac. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of playful bulimia in this episode, too. Yeah, it was definitely... That's the best way to put it, but I felt it was so, like, playful. I felt it was cartoonish, like... I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not in good taste, but it's there. (laughs) Right, exactly. Then we got Finn and his mom. We see his mom, our angel Carol, again. Um, But she's giving away a bunch of their stuff that means so much to them because it was his dad's. Finn's dad's. Um, yeah. I mean, she's selling furniture. That she's selling presumably, furniture. It wasn't, like, his furniture. A, it was furniture that's that That's a better had. way of putting it. it. It killed me when he was like, 
mom, you're giving away your honeymoon set. Like, first of all, I didn't get honeymoon furniture. I was like, what's honeymoon furniture? Like, and why would your, but also like, why would your child be like nostalgic for your like marital bed? I, I will probably get dragged by my family if they listen to this, but a honeymoon set of furniture does sound like something that my aunt and uncle would have received when they got married, just out of pure traditionalism that I didn't know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. I mean, it would make more I, sense if it was called, like, that's your wedding set. Like, it was a very extravagant, like, wedding gift. Yeah. But even still, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little, like, I mean, I get to what they were building to, but I was like, I feel like they could have just done the chair and the chair would have been like enough, um, like emotional right. impact, but, it, but him getting emotional about like his mom's bed, that just, I was like, I can't Sir. click in with this. This is Sir, too, too gross. Much. Especially because yeah, she was much. like, you were conceived on a pinball machine. Oh Which yeah. I was like, please gouge up my eyes. <laughs> gouge up my eyes and close my ears. We don't need any of that. <laughs> um, Yeah. <laughs> But then it it comes out that Finn's, like, suddenly, like, you know, you got a new haircut and everything. What's going on? And she's like, I've been seeing someone. And Uh the person that she is seeing is Kurt's dad. Bert. Bert. Bert, (laughs) yes. Because as we've discussed, he didn't, wasn't clever in his names. Right. And then he's like, oh, how'd you meet? And he cuts to Kurt setting them up at a... Like, a parent-teacher conference where his inline is, you both have dead spouses, you should talk. You should talk. And it works. And it worked. Um, A lot of, like, a lot of unexpected serendipity here Mm -hmm. when it comes to Bert setting people up, um, much to his chagrin, in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. But in his quest for finding a new rehearsal space, Will Schuster happens upon a roller rink. And who is in said roller rink, ladies? My queen. Okay, first of all, I want to tell you that there's a beautiful (laughs) callback here. Because, I don't know if you remember in our previous Kristen Chenoweth episode, when Will is walking up to her squatter house, I mentioned that there's the weirdest cover of Blondie's Heart of Glass playing. Yes. And when he comes into the roller rink, foreshadowing... Blondie's actual Heart of Glass is playing. I'm like, oh my god, if you were paying attention, that's like her leitmotif. If you were paying attention, it is her. I was about to say it's her leitmotif. <laughs> if you were paying attention to the score, you'd know Kristen Chenoweth is coming back in the scene. Yep. You would yes. know. That um, is just musical theater like structure. I don't know. Again, should we give them credit? I don't know, but I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I'm obsessed with the idea that she's at a roller rink, that there's a million people at the roller rink. Like people she's are She's at a roller rink cabaret wearing a full denim outfit. Everything is got everything is gold. I would give everything her. I would because, give like, so she's much. running a business here. I would give so much to be at a cabaret roller rink right now with Kristen Chenoweth. with one hundred percent. Even if she wasn't there, it's still good. I'd go to... What was the name of the the roller rink you guys went to as a kid? Because mine was called Roller Magic. Oh, mine was called Interstate 91 because we live off of Interstate 91. That's amazing. And I want you to um, know, I went to their website today after looking at it. And it still has music that auto-plays when you log in. It's, it plays the world's <laughs> loudest music. And oh, they don't have no, any of their pricing up because of COVID, but there is a throwback night on Thursdays 
where adult has adult oriented fun. What does that mean? I don't know. The the roller rink that we went to growing up was called the rink. Nice. Yeah, you know, I, simple. I like, anyway, I really want to go to a roller rink now. Um, yes. Yeah, um, I do too. Also, Will said Will like stumbled into this roller rink, looked up, saw Kristen Chenoweth, and said, "No way!" And I cackled. <laughs> Something about that was the funniest fucking thing to me was him just re-rediscovering April Rhodes and, like, immediately falling back in love with her. Uh, what was his thought process if he didn't know she was there? Right? Of, like, in terms of seeking out the roller rink? Like, why would that be his last... Like, why would that be, like, I need a space for my kids. I'm gonna go to a roller rink where I... Because uh, I just, like, in my mind, I was like, he must know that she's there. Because otherwise, why would he think that would be, like, a space he could use? But I then he has that moment where you're like, oh, wait, I, he doesn't know she's there. I just legitimately thought, oh, roller rings have wood floors. We can That's dance on I these. That's what I thought, too. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're just looking for places with big wood floors. Great. Fair. My, Fair. The, and the roller rink I went to had a kid's skate area, so a slightly smaller wood floor next wood to the area. large wood wow. floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fancy roller rink. Ours had laser tag, but that cost extra. Ooh. Oh, ours did not. Ours is real janky, but it was great. Um, um, but then she's here, and the first thing she says is, "Will Schuster, is that you? I had a sex dream about you last night," which was great. And Will's response was, "Please stop talking into the microphone," (laughs) (laughs) which is a good joke. It is. That's just like that's actually good comedy. Um, and it's a bedazzled microphone, too. Yes. yes. Which I actually... Very important. I wrote yeah. this question down towards the end because, spoiler alert, there's more than one bedazzled microphone in this episode. <laughs> right. Have mm-hmm. you ever, like, performed with a bedazzled microphone? Okay. So I have not performed with a bedazzled microphone, but the world's most famous bedazzled microphone is the one that Barbara Streisand used when she was on Oprah. She had a white, like, gem-encrusted microphone. Oh, my God. That she used, and it was, like, the talk of 2004, when, whatever it was when she did it. Because it was, like, not only did she bring a white microphone, not only did she bring her own, first. Second, it was a white microphone. Third, jewel-encrusted. Yeah. Um, you would know this. Yeah, of course you would. Listen, I also am well-trained as a Barbara Streisand correspondent, so you know what? I know that she, if, if she ever appeared on Glee, it would have been, it would have exploded. Yes, um, she did. No. no, no, she did. Trust I me, she did. I, you would have I would know. Um, now I have to find that microphone. But oh, I just um, looked it up. It is very sparkly, right? It's. It, I don't know why that's like sticks out in my head. It just this show makes it seem like bedazzled microphones are everywhere, and they are not. They're they're not right. No, but not it's very. Knowledge. It's a very like in joke Kristen Chenoweth thing because she was very. Here we go. Um, go. Very famously, this is why I'm here. Very famously, would talk about bedazzling stuff like constantly, all the time. Like, genuinely had a lot of like jewel encrusted bedazzled things. So it, it was very. It made sense in my um, brain that I was like, of course she would have a bedazzled microphone. That's who she is. While we're on the Kristen Chenna with tangent, I feel I would be remiss here. if I did not bring up the. Kristen Chenoweth fan account about her boobs, which I only know about because she retweeted it and commented <laughs> not about, hey, this is about my, my boobs, but on a photo where she was looking down and responded, what you looking at, Cheno? 
Um, and then I thought of you guys because we were about to because we were about to do this episode. Oh no, the legacy. Anyway, they do a Bruce Springsteen duet right away. This is where I saw, like, when you had told me, Karina, like, they just start shoehorning in musical numbers. This very much Mm -hmm. felt like that. Um, And my notes here are in this order. Will, all capitals, jumped into this almost out of nowhere. Uh, Very much shoehorned in, as Karina was stating. Why the body rolls? Are they gonna fuck? I like this roller choreo. There there was some great roller choreography going going on around them. Liked it. Um, and this was fine. Okay. Fine. I'm gonna agree with everything except your last point, which is to say... Fine. This is one of the this best numbers like, in Glee. <laughs> this is like Karina and I's, like, heart song. <laughs> this is the song that, like, I think of when I see Karina. I think Aww. in every single playlist Jenna and I ever made for each other, this is the first song on the list. <laughs> Like, I'm going to work this into my Maid of Honor speech at your wedding. <laughs> besides, besides th- it's like this song and that song that played over the 130 rock scene. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, this song just has big gauge 341 energy. <laughs> Do you mean the song Secret? Tell, me- <laughs> tell me what you want <laughs> This is truly, yes, this is, this brings back, this is, like, not to be, like, reminiscing about college, even though, Ian, you are wearing a new Paul yeah, shirt I right am, now. I am, that's, like, I didn't even think of that. But truly, this is, like, big Gage 341 <laughs> energy. I love this song. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite Glee songs of all time. It gets me hyped every time every I time. hear it. It is iconic it fits perfectly in her vocal range it does. um because sometimes they make her sing things spoiler alert something later in the episode that is not perfectly suited to her vocal range but this arrangement is will is fine mm-hmm. he's there and he's doing a good job he has his own bedazzled microphone he also has right. a bedazzled microphone exactly but this is like truly i love this rendition of fire more than probably anything else they ever cover on Glee. Like, this is, like... I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's, like, the emotional attachment I have to it, just, like, the general, like, memories attached to the song. Clearly, it affects me and Karina. (laughs) I love it so much. And the roller rink just, like, adds. It just... It just blows it out of the roof of them just, like, roller skating and singing the song. Um, I do... I will say... All of that is true. Trying to watch it with a less nostalgic eye, I was like, it's weird that Will just produced that microphone out of nowhere and it's also bedazzled. And there's so many weird cuts during the roller choreography. I'm like, oh, I can tell that neither Kristen Chenoweth nor Matthew Morrison knows how to skate very well because they keep doing a lot of weird edits to get away from them to people who can skate. But they were doing a good job. With that, my roommate was like, I think that's a male double for Kristen Chenoweth. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and she explained to me how, like, that, how, like, basically, like, stunt doubles work, essentially, which, yeah. Um, um, I am going to have to rewatch it, because that's hysterical. If they could find a, a man that like tiny. A tiny, slender a tiny man, man in a blonde wig. In a denim jumpsuit. And a, yeah, a denim jumpsuit. Right. I just, I just love this number. I would probably listen to this every day and be content. I, yeah, I definitely same. learned something. Today. Why does Kristen Chenoweth sound so good singing like these like country like twangy songs? 
Because she's from Oklahoma. She's a country girl. Yeah. Stop singing um, those like Kristen high Kristen Chenoweth was born July 24th, 1968 <laughs> in Broken Arrow. <laughs> oh, no. Turn off. It's begun. So after this wonderful number. The um, episode basically ends, I will say. Yeah, that's all I <laughs> sure. need. Sure. Yeah, this has been Glee Aggressive. Um, she said something in their conversation which, like, kind of, like, struck me in a way where she was like, I'm just a washed-up dreamer, that's all I'll ever be. And to me, that is so, like, the crux of what this show kind of is based on our conversations. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so much about, like, a sad person trying to be happy. Having, being the mistress is. to a strip uh, mall tycoon. Yes. Yeah, she's a train wreck. I mean, she could be doing worse, because now at least she's got, like, money um right mm-hmm. but yeah she's still just a mess and she makes a weird joke about feng shui yes because she oh yeah yeah she wants to rent yeah or I sublet guess will's apartment will is right. no longer going to be living in his apartment because it's too big so he's subletting and i'm pretty sure they never bring this up again mm-hmm. and i believe it and i think will just lives in that apartment for the rest of the series so fine consistent yeah they just needed a reason for her to go over there that wasn't just, like, an obligatory, obligatory like, booty yes. call. Right. Which, you know, they could have just done a bl- an obligatory booty call, and I think it would have been fine. No, they had to talk mm-hmm. about subletting. Everyone's right. favorite topic. Everyone's favorite <laughs> topic. <laughs> Watching as a, as a high schooler. Right. Um, but Becky lost two pounds, so good for Becky. And then another um, weird bulimia joke. And then another weird bulimia Ooh, joke. she says, soon you'll be hiding little bags of throw-up in your parents' linens. Because now she's just like every other girl in America, sadly obsessed with vanity. And she says, thanks, coach. And, um... <laughs> How uncomfortable were you? My heart melted. I, I was I very was uncomfortable. Like... But, like, just... I don't know. There's something about Becky, like, just having the joy there. Albeit, yeah. like, at her expense in a way. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it contained layers. It did contain layers and a bulimia joke. <laughs> so, and I guess, like, we never, it, it never really, I, I was starting to think that, like, the whole Sue Sylvester targeting Mercedes thing was going to be part of, like, a scheme to bring down the Glee Club because, like, Mercedes gained two pounds. And, like, I thought this was going to be, like, amount to something at the end of the episode, but it didn't pay off that way. No. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I thought I had a point with that. Oh, I mean, I guess, I guess your point. point is you thought it was going to be another Sue Sylvester thing, and it turned out just to be that Sue, like so many other people, is obsessed with um, the correct way to look as a woman. That she is, right. mm-hmm. even though Sue Sylvester is clearly removed from that, she still sees that as the ideal. Um, yeah, it, right, right, it wasn't right. a specifically attack on Mercedes. It was an attack on you know women's body image, which means Sue. Falls prey to that just like a bunch of people do. Right. Yeah. Because she's so... I think your point about it not becoming like trying to bring Glee Club down is because she's so concerned with what this mm-hmm. reviewer is going to think about her that like for once her um, priority is actually on the Cheerios right. and not like bringing anybody else down. It's like trying to make sure the Cheerios are like on top, but obviously in a very terrible and unhealthy yes. way right uh but yeah it is it is interesting that like maybe maybe if there weren't so many subplots in this episode they would have worked towards like it being two-sided of like her bringing up the cheerios and then also bringing down glee club but they just didn't have time because yeah. they had so much crap going well, on I w- yeah maybe that's what it was like it could have been like an ab plot with like the cheerios and will or like 
Will and, like, the the parents mm-hmm. or, like, the Cheerios and the parents, but, like, it was all of the above and it was just, it's just a lot. There's three whole plots in this, and what's interesting is I didn't really notice till halfway through, but, like, there's three full plots and none of them are Rachel plots, which is a little bit of a... Yes. Rachel doesn't say a word. Rachel has Rachel two fucking lines. Two lines. And it's beautiful. Wait, what does she say? She says I don't about know. One sitting. of them, she was a cupcake. And she said one of them about something about having a sit-in when they couldn't use the uh, auditorium. Yeah. But yeah, there's literally, like, nothing. There's a couple do obligatory reaction shots. That's also how I remember that Jonathan Groft is still on the show, because they, like, panned exactly. him. And I was like, oh, he's still here. I forgot. Right. Yeah. Um... But it's so it's already we're not worrying about Rachel and it's still way too packed. Like the Mercedes body issue episode could have been its own episode. It didn't need to be the uh-huh. C plot in this episode where there's already Absolutely. plenty of other plot. I mean, truly, like, and I will say this as someone who is, you know, a Kristen Chenoweth uh, correspondent, she didn't she did need to not be in this episode in this at episode. all. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know if, like, contractually, like, Ryan Murphy had her. I can't remember how many episodes she's in in season one. It might just be these two. I think it's just these two. But, like, truly did not. They could have just rented the space from, like, whomever or, like, whatever. I was like, you didn't need to bring her in because it's not like she tries to, like, rejoin the Glee Club at all. I mean, Um, with that, like, this episode did have season two energy. Like, mm -hmm. mm mm-hmm. I had to remind myself that we were still just on the first season. She could have, we could have waited to bring her back and I wouldn't have missed her. Yeah. Yeah. Her plot is definitely the one that we need the least out of this because the Kurt, Finn, and the parents plot is, I think, probably the A plot here. It's the real meat of this episode. And then the Mercedes body issue one has merit. Um, And then the Kristen Chenoweth plot, it mostly just helps to further, like, Will's... I don't know, like, learning how to be himself. Nastiness. <laughs> oh, right. I was gonna say nastiness. That too. He's just that like, too. So creepy in this entire oh episode. God, I know is. that's not the intent, but... Yeah. yeah. So then we have Finn and Kurt in the hall. We, um, we get into the thing about the them introducing their parents at the parent-teacher night. Yeah. And this is where, like, my notes were like, does he still like Finn? Is his plan, like, is his elaborate plan to trap Finn to become his brother? Yes. That's his yeah. honest to god plan. Bizarre, bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, yeah. Like I, my note here is like Kurt's obviously dealing with some very weird, weird intentions. Like, yes. Hey, Kurt, what is your? Yeah, Kurt, what's your plan here, buddy? Is it to get, like, get them moved in together so Finn has to move into your room and then you will fall in love? I hope you know how weird that sounds. Um, right! Very much on brand with, like, um, adult entertainment these days, so Kurt was ahead of his time. (laughs) But what's kind of also nice is that with his weird intentions, he made a very nice match, like... Yeah, I mean, I I think, like, if he had just gone at it from a perspective of, like, my dad is lonely and I know that she's lonely and, like, I just want them to be together, it would have been, like, so nice, but, like... If that even were the intention, like... Yeah, if that was the intention and not just, like, I... Yeah, I want to share a room with Finn. Right. He did this Mm. to try to date Finn, and that's awful. And I hate watching Mm -hmm. it. Like, if I... this, I've said this last time this plot came up. If I could have put this scene on mute and done something else until it was over, I would have. 
because mm-hmm. it's just so uncomfortable. And this song, um, the song that he sings in, B you flat? guessed it, B flat. Is oh B flat God. the only note you can start a song on? In in Ohio, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Ohio loves B flat. This is bizarre it's so yes so bizarre tino, everything about this is bizarre tina looked confused and i <laughs> and we were so. all tina everyone did like mm-hmm. besides like they do a pan across like everyone and my note is everyone thinks this is weird like yeah except Brittany and santana who maybe. are like vibing with it and like a. I mean they're like this sounds good like, okay. like i'm not Brittana. right yeah. yeah we're in love we have a house and a home or whatever but even I mean, will is like What's going on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do, will um, say, like, I love Dionne Warwick, and my mom had this song on a Dionne Warwick album when I was growing up, so I liked the song. The song is lovely. It's a lovely song. I wanted someone else to sing it. And that's, like, nothing against um, Kurt's talent or anything. Like, again, another song that was definitely auto-tuned within an inch of its life that probably didn't need to be. No. But, no. I don't know, no. I wanted it to be sung by, like, Quinn... I was fine having Kurt sing it. I just didn't want him to be singing it to Finn in this context. Looking at Finn directly. And and, and it's, it's kind of like I, when I was watching it, I was like, this is such a literal interpretation of this song. Right. Because all you're thinking about is like, truly that you want Finn to move into your house. And I'm like, this isn't, this is the worst interpretation of this song. I've, ever heard in my life and then like, not to cut and then they had the audacity to cut it with finn singing to the literal chair the literal urn of his father's ashes this has big singing to your baby sonogram energy <laughs> finn loves singing to metaphors i this and he had it, everything about that cutaway killed me because it's like him sitting there like hunched over with the sheet music like it's not even like a fantasy um like pan away like in his mind it's like him like practicing for glee club it was for some reason i have to learn this dad can you help me oh wait no you can't you're dead oh god it's awful everything about it that brad the pianist should have just stopped we are like we are are all brad the pianist I've said it before, I'll say it again, we are all Brad the Pianist. Ugh. Also, and, and speaking technically about Finn singing here, it sounded like he had a lisp at one point, which was weird, and it almost sounded like, maybe it was because it was auto-tuned, mm-hmm. but it sounded like it was like a different voice dubbed in for parts of it. It did. It also sounded very, like, like he was struggling, and like, I don't, yeah. mean, to, I don't mean to go all like vocal coach on it, but like, it's so different than like, the rock yeah songs that he's done in the past like I'm, i was kind of confused as like why are you struggling with this buddy it's just um, clear that this he's struggling isn't... with the death of his dad yeah. oh sorry i it's forgot a where i metaphor. was for a <laughs> it is finn doesn't even know what a metaphor is yeah that's true, true too, yeah yeah it was just all true. deeply deeply weird like most of this episode, I was like, oh, things are, this is weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. Things were bizarre and uncomfortable for most of this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of which, we go right into April showing up at Will's place. Okay. This is not, like, this is going to be a hard thing for me to, like, explain why it hit me so hard. Because it's not, it's like a, a joke. But, like, she shows up with her overnight bag. And the overnight bag is the most 2009, 2010 bag she could have. <laughs> 
which is Absolutely. like the Louis Vuitton big bag, but the, it's like the white leather with the brightly colored logos. And I was like, I have rainbow seen Louis Vuitton. Every mm-hmm. other girl on like on our college campus had every, a version of that bag. Every girl from Rockland County yes. and Nassau and um, whatever the other county on Long Island is, um, Suffolk. Yeah, like ev- every girl got that for their sweet sixteen and or. 16th birthday because they had a bat mitzvah and wasn't allowed a sweet 16. It was truly like, it's these little things that watching Glee now 10 years later is so funny because you don't think like in the moment, I I, I can't think that that much time has passed. Right. Um, Like how can it have been 10 years? But then I'll see something like that. And it's so jarring to be like, Whoa, what you like? I haven't seen that bag in a hundred (laughs) years. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, Oh, that was, like you don't think of like that era as like having a style because we're still so close to it but seeing something like that is just like the hell like what am i watching everything about this scene makes me laugh and makes no sense yes um (laughs) nothing about this scene makes sense nothing about this scene makes sense i felt like i was watching fanfic yes my note in this uh during the whole song was two ballads in a row why does he still have a photo of terry this apartment is actually very nice. It is a very nice apartment. And, and it's a big apartment. It's, it's a big apartment. Why does he not have a second bed? Yeah, right? right? He doesn't um, have a futon, like, in a guest room somewhere, at least? Also, it went on way... The song went on way too long. How like, long was this song? Too long. She was, like... She was, like, tucked into the couch. It looked like Mimi at the end of Rent. <laughs> just, like, waiting to die. And I was like, okay, cool, we're almost, like, done with this. And then she gets up again and just starts belting. Just like Mimi. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) just like Mimi. Then goes into Will's bed. Um, Then they're just kind of, like, singing at the sky. At, like, around each other. He reaches a hand out towards her, on her breast. (laughs) Um, It was. (laughs) (laughs) It was just weird. Um, I have lots of points about this song, obviously. Um, here's a few things. Um, my favorite version of this song is, uh, cause it's two mm-hmm. songs in one, um, is when Barbara Streisand duets it with herself. Um, it's on one of her earlier albums. It is so good. I'm That's not kidding so you. It is powerful. so good. It is beautiful. Every time I hear it, I get emotional. It is so good. It's Barbara Streisand really said there's no one worthy of doing this song with me except for me. <laughs> except for myself. The only, the the similar energy, like what videos are different but have the same energy is when Cher did all of West Side Story, <laughs> um, which is another amazing thing you could do an entire podcast on. Um, but so, but the fun thing is when she goes up to, first of all, she gets a, okay, first of all, she gets a CD out of her purse that has a picture of herself on it. Yes. Does it? Did anyone no. else? But, but it's it. Yes. <laughs> it it. It's just a second. I'm like I'm 98 percent sure it's a, it's like her own like burned um, karaoke track, and then she puts it in the thing and goes like oh a little bur- uh, back rack always sets the move whatever. But at the same time that this is airing, she was starring in Promises Promises on Broadway, which is all Burt Bacharach music, and yeah, she sang. Is. She sang all these songs in Promises, Promises at the was same this, time. Because I was this supposed to be like promo for that? Was I, it? If it if it if it did, it probably did not work because that was a very weird revival. It was 
her playing opposite against Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, which they were in love. No, no, they were like, and oh, and, and, and like the whole thing for them, they were like, look at how straight he is. And I was like, I that was can't, a whole news I, arc. It it truly was, and I saw her in that show. It was fine. <laughs> it was not at all like I, I truly don't know why they cast her in it. Like. But I did get to meet her after her performance, so, like... <laughs> um, Jenna Kate wins so she's, again. She's very kind. Um, anyway, uh, but, yeah, it's just bizarre. Like, and I... Why do you put a backing track of your own... It, just all of that... It, it None of it makes sense. Um, the worst part of all of this is that... <laughs> Will tucks her in and kisses her on the me. forehead. That yes. was what I was like. Yes. I was like... <laughs> and I went... No, this whole thing yep. was weird. Literally out loud, I went, "Oh no!" Like to <laughs> to invite a okay, a woman shows up at your house as a sleepover, and you're like, "Hey, this was unexpected. Please sleep on my couch." That's one thing, but to then tuck her in like she's an infant and give her a gentle kiss it's on a the baby forehead. girl. Good night. Oh, again, you are a girl. Me at the end of rent energy. You are a woman <laughs> at least four years, three or four years my senior. But please. Let me tuck you into my couch bed and give you a gentle little forehead kiss. <laughs> Who does that? I mean, honestly, honestly, and here's the thing. The song is very long, but their harmonies are very beautiful. Yes. So, yes. like, I, I, that, I was like, oh, I do love this. In their um, favor, yes. She looks great. Yeah, she's got a lovely little nightgown on. She looks, yeah, I, she looks, I mean, like, her hair looks good. She sounds I'll give great. her that. Um, but logistically watching this as an adult, my last problem was the whole thing is he's like, I don't want to be in this apartment because I have to downsize. And it's clearly a one bedroom. And I'm like, you can't, it, unless you're getting a studio apartment, I do not see how you're downsizing. And I don't like the logic here. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. known they have a craft room that was full of all of Terry's pottery barn crimes. That was my question. But like, get it yeah. right, bud. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Will Will is our age at this point. I have a roommate. You do. Yeah, I mean, Will is, like, our age physically, but not mentally. No. Like, we have, we have lived lifetimes above that character. Like, yeah. truly. Yeah. My biggest complaint was this is the world's longest song. It took up about half the episode. Um, yes. And it mm-hmm. came after we had mm-hmm. already basically heard that song very, very recently. There was no need... There was no need. It was they very blended it in. Yeah. One there was two no, punch. There was no need to do it twice. So this was like my nightmare to go from one ballad to another. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm dead <laughs> right. now. And then like they do a weird hand holding, and it's implied that they fuck, um, which no one wants to. They're holding about. hands like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like he's holding her hand yeah. gently on her breast. Yes. They like mannequin hands, but mannequin it's fine. hands. Um, um, mannequin so hands. yeah, essentially, I hated this entire scene, and I. <laughs> I loathe it. So then we're at a restaurant. We're at a place called Breadsticks. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Finn is being an emotional little shit. He's being a little baby, but like and fair-ish. Sure. I won't fault yes. Finn for his feelings here. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't either. But they actually hit it off, mm-hmm. which is like really nice to see. Like, maybe, I don't know why, but I didn't see that coming. That like Finn and uh, Bert were like actually on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah, they're both like 
boys. Boys doing boy things. And then he goes for a place called Breadsticks. These really suck. And everyone laughs, except Kurt. And everyone laughs, except for Kurt. Who suddenly feels very left out, realizing that his father um, His plan has gone awry. Like it, essentially. Like, what did he think was going to happen? This, I will say, so this scene, basically during this scene and watching, like, Kurt realize that his dad likes appears to like Finn more than he likes Kurt. I basically got choked up and stayed pretty emotional for the rest of the episode. I, like, cried a little bit, like, four times this episode. I mean, that entire next scene was very much that. Like, Kurt being like, oh, guy talk with Finn? I'm a guy. Yeah. Uh, It's just Kurt, like, realizing that, you know, him and his dad, who it's always, it's been just the two of them for eight years now, half of Kurt's life Mm -hmm. he thought everything was cool and then realizing that like his dad had other ideas about what his son should be and can like vicariously live through them through Finn so yeah like that's hard because he wants to see his dad happy but you know he's also his plans failing to date Finn which is Mm -hmm. also uncomfortable it was just rough Mm -hmm. all around Bert calls him out in a way saying like why did you want why did you hook me up with her wasn't it to make me happy like you said yeah, that was <sighs> that was rough too. Made me sad. I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, Onto the cafeteria, which has so, a whole moment of Mercedes crash dieting and hallucinating yes. her friends' food, which I feel like is it's like almost stereotypical at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the one. It was one of Rachel Berry's two lines where she was talking about something definitely theater related with Jesse, who is a burger. You know what she was talking about? Did you hear her line, Ian? She said that I Fanny heard, Bryce is Barbara's definitive role. <laughs> she. I mean, she decided to. Be Barbara is here without being here in this episode. She is everywhere, yes. everywhere at all the same yes. time. So it turns out she fainted. We cut to the nurse's office. Um, her mom is on the way, but Quinn is also there, being an angel, offering. What her... a sweet moment! Yeah, yeah. This also made Honestly, me cry. <laughs> this was so sweet, and I like after not watching Glee for a really long time, I got emotional because yeah. it was just like to hear like a seventeen-year-old being like, you know, I had issues with food but like i this is more important and i want to make sure my baby's okay and i'm like oh my god also, like, it's such a sweet moment to for hear her. her say like like to she, quinn says to mercedes you're so lucky to have always felt so at home and so confident in your body and yes. you shouldn't give up on that just because like coach yeah. that's the part that made me cry um just hearing mm-hmm. like positive messages in terms of like people's like bodies and yeah. shapes and everything and i was like oh, that, mm-hmm. it was really sweet and a really nice moment between them that even mercedes calls out is like you've never spoken to me before but mercedes but quinn is like well i can see what's happening to you because it happened to me too and it's not good for either right. of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also the idea that quinn was going through this even as someone who was like in a more traditional like body type the queen bee yeah mm-hmm there are very few, like, arcs so far, like, character arcs, like, throughout the season. Um, but I felt this was a really lovely addition to what was already a solid arc for Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she kind of has the most going on throughout these first 16 episodes. And, like, I loved now that she was, like, friendly and kind to Mercedes. Like, I want more of this. Yeah. 
like them being able to see each other and come together because mm-hmm. like if you want to go with your after school special route that's what glee club is about yeah oh that rhymed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you i you could have been a cheerio that was unintentional like oh God, that's kind of why i wish this had had its own episode so that like the quinn mercedes thing could have been explored and like deepened even a little bit more and not just like a little yeah. extra on this episode um and it could have been like translated to the rest of the girls on the right. cheerios and yeah, it, it it actually, like, was a nice, well-done moment, mm-hmm. um, especially by 2010 standards. Because mm-hmm. I think now, like, we've made really great strides in terms of um, body positivity. Yeah. And it was nice to kind of watch it and be like, this is something that I could see, like, it still rings yeah. true. Like, no part of this kind of, like, fails by It's like that movement. Body positivity it's the body standards. positivity movement in its, like, real infancy. I'm not saying Glee yeah. started yeah. the body positivity movement, but... We are not here to say that. We are not that. saying that, but, but... Do not quote us on that. They had put a step in the right direction. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Especially for how, like, messy the first half of yeah. the episode handled anything like that. Right. Yeah. Oh. And then we're back at the roller rink. Yep. What a brutal transition, know, though, right? To go from <laughs> that from was... that like beautiful moment to Carrie Underwood singing. Whiplash. It's Carrie Underwood, by the way. It's Carrie singing, Underwood. Like, "Home Sweet Home." Yep. was the lyrics I got yeah. out of it because, of course, "Home" is I the believe... operative word in this whole fucking episode. I believe that's Motley Crue's song. Yes, it's really? the Motley Crue ballad "Home Sweet mm-hmm. Home" playing in the mm-hmm. background. Oh no shit! Because home, yeah, it's the theme. Home. Yeah, but bizarre to hear like. Like, I think of Glee in its own kind of world, and to hear, like, Carrie Underwood, I'm like, this just doesn't... Feels weird. I'm like, it feels weird to hear, like, a named person, because it seems like all the other, like, background music is kind of, like, not really the original singer, like, a weird version or whatever, but because they're in a public space, like, logistically, it has to be, like, a real song that could be on the radio, Mm -hmm. but to choose Carrie Underwood, who's so identifiable, it just threw me. I was like, this, I don't, I hate this, like, this is (laughs) too much. Probably giving them more credit than they deserve. A nice little Easter egg, like, from when she sang that Carrie Underwood song when she was in the Glee Club. She did do that. (gasps) Between that and the the Blondie light motif, they're doing a lot with the radio in this roller rink. Which is, like... Yes. Like, this is the kind of stuff I actually really like when a show does. Yes. Like... Mm -hmm. Did Glee do it on purpose? smart. We'll never know. But then it's time for, like, Will the Therapist, basically. Again. And... I, I don't care about much of this. He says, like, you need a home, and then you could basically see the word home written in fancy calligraphy <laughs> to know that he means business. But then April just goes, oh, Will, you always give me the right advice. And I'm like, does mm-hmm. he? I don't know about that. Never has. Him? Right. Her? Are you sure about this that? Is, this is where I have the note, what is going on in this episode? Yeah. Because that's kind of where it all came together to me that it was like, this episode has everything and nothing at the same time. This plot will is something like, stop being a mistress and do what exactly? I don't really know. Stop drinking. He's really big on her stopping drinking. Yeah. Um, He's like, you are just worth more than being an old man's mistress, which first of all is rude um, to people who maybe (laughs) want to be an old man's mistress. Exactly. Or just... It's a life goal for it some is. people. It is. If we learned anything from Anna Nicole Smith, it's that we should just believe love is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the love is stored in the tits. That's the, oh. <laughs> the Anna Nicole Smith story. Ah. 
Um, I there was one line that they said that made me laugh so hard was when she said we lose eight thousand dollars a night. <laughs> I okay, I'm like in um school right now, like in learning business and law, and to hear a person say that their business is losing eight thousand dollars a night, <laughs> I was like, that is physically impossible. I was like, also, it was packed. Which is like say, people don't lag roller rinks. People, yeah, all those people were dancing around packed. the roller rink together. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, the overhead can't be that high. I, everything about it, I just... Disco I like, lights I understand. in Ohio are very expensive. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I understand what we're setting up to, like, what we're building up to. But I was like, could you not have done, like, a tiny bit of research to think maybe $8,000 a night was a little bit... I, I don't know. It just took me out of it. But um, and we're especially that we're still the believing. Episode. I know. <sighs> I still have a quarter because... page of notes left. Me too. Okay, let. Uh... So then we got Finn and Finn and Kurt in the hallway. And now they got to break up their parents. Ugh. I was just like Kurt, you need to go to therapy. Like yeah. we've reached the point where you're maybe some therapy would be best for you right now. Finn clearly yeah. Finn does too because then we have Finn's mom Carol, our angel, calling him out on like our family manages like we're not like we're not doing well like we're managing we both want your father here i talked to your dad too at night this scene I'm was waiting for him to like respond to me like it was heartbreaking it was really because yeah. it, like finn starts it off in like the most petty teenager way but being like i'm gonna go flush yes. my dad's ashes down the toilet since you clearly don't care about him and she has to be like and then she Ooh. turns it around and is like, fine, no, let's pretend he's alive. And then it's like everyone's crying and sad and talking about their feelings and I'm crying again. And it's just, yeah, it was a hard scene. And like, you feel for Carol here. Absolutely. Finn's holding on to a memory of someone he didn't know. But Carol is mm-hmm. holding on to the memory of like someone she spent presumably quite a bit of time with and like married and yeah. planned to raise a baby with. And that got taken away right. from her. So it's clearly Finn hasn't thought about that like yeah i get because like all i could think about like is if it were me and my mom in that situation it would have been the exact same conversation yeah well because like being a shitty teenage boy and thinking Mm -hmm. like oh you're looking to replace my dad yeah but like no like i have to just move on with our, we have to go on with our lives and try to make ourselves happy. It was just it was Carol. it was rough. It was a rough scene to watch, and again, plopped in like the in this weird episode. Yeah, it could have been its own the thing. The Kurt parents storyline had such emotional weight to it that it felt either everything else felt out of place around it, or it felt out of place in this episode. And I'm not sure, right? Which. Yeah, I agree. Um, but don't dwell on that for too long, because now we're gonna go to the cheerleading performance. Yup, yeah. <gasps> I recognized the actor immediately who played Tracy Tracy Pendergast. Mm-hmm. He is on 30 Rock. Yep. yep. And he plays a guy who says that he's Tracy's son and he's scamming him out of money and it is like one of my favorite episodes of 30 Rock because it is just so bizarre. But I looked at, I was watching the show and I was like, how do I know this man? How do I know this man? How do I know this man? And he did look finally very I figured it out. Yeah. But um, 
anyway, sorry, I continue. <laughs> no, that's that's what the show is about. He's coming in to do a hard-hitting journalism piece on Sue Sylvester. He's not impressed yes. with with her little quips and such, and she's ready to blow mm-hmm. his socks off with a, a good number of cheerleading, I guess. Um, but instead, <laughs> guess. Mercedes comes out and has like a Mean Girl moment, <clears throat> Mean Girls moment, where she's like, "Yes." Um, I will say. This moment singing with Mercedes singing um, I Am Beautiful is extremely predictable. Like, you could not have picked a more on-the-nose song, and this moment, you've seen Mm -hmm. it a million times. That being said, it hit hard. (laughs) It was... Oh, it hit hard. (laughs) It was so good. It was so good. It's really good. I, like, almost cried again during this, because it was just so beautiful. Uh, and everyone backed I, I loved her it. up. Oh, and like and everyone backed her up. The whole like the Glee club got the singing. memo. And then yeah. the first like, how many of you have ever like felt that? And like Quinn's like very Quinn deliberate hand raise and turning around to be like, mm-hmm. don't all of you guys lie. Like I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like yeah, of course you feel fat, Quinn. You're pregnant. Yes, but presumably she meant before that too. But <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. The only thing I noticed that I felt like was going to be a plot point but wasn't is during that first, like, like I don't know what it's called. Whatever. After she's done singing and all the cheerleaders turn around in their choreographed moment, Kurt didn't turn uh-huh. around. Yes. And I couldn't tell if it was, like, a moment that it was going to come back to or if they just he didn't know he had to turn around because he's turned around later and like in the crowd and he's not singing so i'm like is right. it a boy thing but then other boys were singing so i was yeah, just confused. it felt weird that he didn't get the memo question mark well did did she do all this without telling yeah, him? yeah maybe sure. i think that's because doesn't he come up to her at the end and say something like, like thank you for doing you were that. right yeah. yeah yeah i think he i think she did it maybe to prove a point he just, sure. it just looked like it was going to be a reveal, and then it was never a reveal, so I was confused. Yeah. Um, also, like, not to split hairs over this, no, split them. I kind of wish there was, like, a full Cheerios number, like, dance number yeah. to this. I just think that would have been, like, an extra, like, icing on the cake in a way. It would have um, said, like, you can be proud of your body, and having athleticism and wanting to be a cheerleader like that is still... Yeah. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to not do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um... Also, I don't know if you know. Would have been a nice lyrical moment. I don't know if you noticed this, but for whatever reason, during one part after all the Glee Club gets up behind her, um, Brittany and Matt Rutherford are holding hands. Yes, and I was like, I noticed that. That's hmm. weird. He was oddly prominently featured in this song. Yeah, and not in the same way mm-hmm. that Finn was, because Finn just kind of sticks out because he's so tall. Yeah. Like they were just like closing closing up. They did a there lot was just of a lot of close ups of Matt Rutherford. Matt. Yeah, who has still not talked so. Right. Yeah. They needed to give him a moment. Yeah, and I guess he was holding hands with Brittany, which I was like, that's not something we've ever talked about before, but okay. Right. Also, the Cheerios have changed once again. Yes. None of them yeah, are, who are the same extras people? as they were in the <laughs> They're last They're not going to care. And also, uh, Becky wasn't in that number, so. Right. Oh, yeah. Which, like, too bad, because we were just talking about her being, you know, one of the gals. Yeah, that would have yeah. been perfect. Um, But all that aside, it was a... Uh, was a good number. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> um, so then Sue's in her office with Tracy. Um, Tracy says, like, 
makes me think you're a little bit racist. Yeah, like, I was, like, looking to expose you for who you are, but I got you wrong. You're a visionary. You're redefining cheerleading. It means, it could mean big things for Sue Sylvester. Sue comes out on top again. <sighs> also, he thought she was racist because he kept calling him rerun. Yes. Which is, uh, yikes. that's yes. a yikes. That's a yikes. Yeah. Add it to the yikes meter. Yes. Um, also, a, a review I read was like, people can't get be on, get on the Pulitzer shortlist for Newsweek articles, Glee. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, do a little bit of a journalism research. So yeah, Sue right. Sylvester's changing the face of cheerleading because Mercedes decided to sing an uplifting song. Good for her. Yeah. So then we have Bert and Finn yeah. in that very, very typical, like, I know I can't replace your father. Your father was a hero. He was in the army. Um, he was... But I love your mom. Your mom loves me. Bert was just so sincere during this where he was. He was. Um, doing a lot to, like, like assure Finn. And clearly Finn has been showing signs that he's uncomfortable with this. But my one, and, like, then it's a beautiful moment where he's, like, sit in my dad's chair and we'll watch the game together. And then you he moves the urn. And then you cut to this like freaky shot of Kurt standing outside of their house, like crying. <laughs> Looks um, like he's about to come in with a knife. Yeah. And like what, how, and why? The thing about this is it feels like I feel bad for Kurt, because also like the parallel to that would be that he would get moments with Carol to like have a mom again. Like the part of that is this mm -hmm. Finn is getting to have the experience of having a dad. But we're not really getting the parallel of that with Kurt like it's not like we're shown like it's implied that he went shopping with Carol and helped her buy jeans so that this is happening yeah. but it's so focused on Kurt's sort of devastation about losing his father that I'm like well why don't right. we get to talk about his maybe joy of gaining a mother yeah yeah um because it just does seem That's like Kurt's point. getting really left behind in this it was just, and he just looked so creepy. And why was he at their house, standing in literally their bushes, in that in was a my body question. window? Ugh. Where did he come from? Like his face sells it, but it's fucking weird. It is, mm -hmm. and we're still not done. And we're still not done, but we are. We're, we are winding down because we got April and Will again. Because April's uh, April's man, not even man. I don't know what you would call him, the man to which she is a mistress. You can just say sugar daddy. We all know. Okay. It. Honestly, mm -hmm. I just couldn't think of the word sugar daddy. It just escaped me. It's pretty accurate. But so she got two million so that Buddy's wife. She got hush money. Know. She got hush money. She got hush money. To not reveal that yeah. she was having an affair with, with Buddy, the strip mall tycoon. And she got two yes. million dollars worth of hush money, which seems like a pretty good deal. But what is she using that money for? Oh, God. <sighs> The I'll say it. She's going to go to the Broadway and put on an all-white production of The Wiz. All-white Wiz is just my note here. So, Truly, I hate this part so much. It's so unnecessary. And the, the only consolation I have watching this is that um, her whole thing is, I'm going to take my $2 million and I'm going to put on a Broadway show. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> like, not with that money. You're not going to get very far with $2 million. <laughs> Honestly. I thought it was a bold choice to make the clear joke of, like, we know it's inappropriate for there to be an all-white cast of The Wiz. And then to follow it up with a song from The Wiz. 
Sung yeah, they really woman. double down on it. And yes. I never, ever near, need to hear a white person sing that song ever. Um, right. I, I don't, I, I, I literally, after this episode, I was like furiously Googling like other musical theater songs that start, that are called Home. Cause I was like, what other song could they put here? I was like, why, why does it have to be so like, why do they have to hit the theme so hard? Uh, and, and it wasn't even like a good, like, this is what I was referencing earlier. Like, it doesn't sound good in her voice. It it just, they put her in a weird glam outfit. Like, it doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense. And I hated it. She bought yeah. them the auditorium. That's like the point of like why she's in there singing it. But, oh yeah. She bought them. The, that's Which like also the doesn't make sense. Of... That's not how schools work. Right. Yeah. Um, nothing about this makes sense. It was right. just, there's gotta have like, no one needed this. No one needed this song. It was just to get Kristen Chenoweth on three songs this episode. Oddly enough, I thought she sounded great for, like, what it was. That's, like, my... I guess that's my prerogative. And then, of course, she has the high note at the end. Contractually. Um, because how could she not... Contractually obligated. Yes. Yeah. Um, I. You know what would have been fun? If she had sang the Motley Crue song yeah. instead. That has home in That, that would have been, been awesome. Oh, man. That would have been really cool. Kristen Chenoweth, I will pay money... Just for you to like post on your TikTok a cover of a Motley Crue song. If they had done this episode she would. now, they could have done that song "Home" from Beetlejuice, which is the only other musical theater song that's about home or, that I can think of right now. Well, I'm surprised they did not do "Home" by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros because that would have been a big fun Glee Club episode. Yeah. Of home is wherever I'm not sure I'm that with song you. was out yet. No, I that came out like 2012. Then. No, because spoiler alert, they will do that song. They do okay, every song. Fine, good, fine and good. But now I'm looking it up because I could have sworn what I year? heard that song. Like, okay, it came out in 2009, but it definitely wasn't big yet, and they weren't at really? the point where Glee was like hyping up unknown. That desperate for songs. They wouldn't have known. Sure. Yeah, they had the whole musical. Can- There's also Home from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, maybe not appropriate for this moment, but I do love that song. I fucking but... love that song more appropriate than what they sang. Yeah, the song they sang wasn't um, appropriate for the moment, so. <laughs> yeah, um, touche. I'm really wondering, though, like, in my mind, this is kind of, like, how I'm justifying it. it. Everything about that scene seemed off in the sense that they were all wearing concert outfits. She was all done up. She had her whatever. She had a bedazzled microphone. They show this, the stage, and there's a piano, and Brad's not there. What if this was all in Will's mind. Ooh. Ooh. Like his guardian angel, April because, Rose, came back to to fix right, all his problems. Right. Because there's no reason okay, they would I have rehearsed this. a song with her. No. See, right? Because here's why. There's no reason they would have rehearsed a song with her at all. There's no reason anyone would have done her makeup and her hair and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And they would have been like on risers and whatever. There's no reason. They wouldn't have had time to do any of this, and they would not have. There's no way the Glee Club would have welcomed her back no. after what happened last time. So I think it was in Will's mind. I love the the conspiracy theory that this like that like Will Schuster blacked out like at the end of high school, and this entire series is just like his coma dream. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense it than it does. It would explain a whole lot. I would believe that mm-hmm. he, he just passed out from, like, paint fumes, redo- trying to step out of his apartment and dreamed up April Rhodes. And- <laughs> paint fumes? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. He wouldn't think to open blue. the window. 
Yeah. He forgot to open a window. What can we say? He didn't open up a window in I mean, his honestly. Home. 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 Yeah, this episode, like, my last note is just, like, I feel like this episode only marginally moved the plot of the show forward. Like, it was, Maybe everything was, like, like, one and done. Yeah. I feel like it moved it forward for, like, Kurt, Finn, and their parents. That was the only plot that Yeah, is... and that's it. And... It didn't need to be a plot. They didn't need to do that plot. They could have skipped it and right. not done it at all, and I would have been happier. So yeah, this episode was mm-hmm. not useful in any real discernible way. But Leah Michelle only had two lines. Yeah, and they paid Who Jonathan knew? Groff to literally just sit there in the background. Hey, good for them for getting that paycheck, right? Get that money. Get they had the money. princess tracks in that show. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. The show that is Glee. This brings us to the end of our episode, and. Jenna, Kate, we have, since your last uh, appearance, have started playing a game with our guests. So, mm-hmm. we got two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, what song out there, or like musical entity, is out there that you would have loved to see Glee cover? It's <sighs> a hard one. I, I, it's hard because in my mind, I automatically think of the things that I'm glad that they didn't mm-hmm. get to cover, like Hamilton. Yep. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a on a limb here and say I kind of would have loved to see what they did with Natasha Pierre, mm-hmm. like in the Great Comet, yeah. like that music. Interesting. Um, just because I think it could be interesting, it would be very different. It, they'd have to work really hard to fit that in. Uh, but I think, like, vocally they could have covered it. Um, and I just like Natasha Pierre and The Great Comet. Mm-hmm. Any one of those women would have killed Sonia alone. Yeah, so, like, I I, I will say that. Hmm. And our second question, which you kind of answered already, but what are you glad that, uh, that Glee did not cover? Okay, definitely Hamilton, but then also, and we've talked about this, driver's license yes. <laughs> because yes. because it would have been the most unnecessary oh it would have been just like dramatic. that tiktok i mean honestly it just would have been i mean i would have loved to see how glee would have handled the idea of tiktok um a whole episode just in general the thing about like i've read something about this is that the problem is glee has to shoot so far in advance and tiktok dances are so fleeting that you would have watched so quick. a season yeah. of TikTok trends that were so far gone, it would have looked terrible. Also, it been yeah, it'd be TikTok, like now, and they'd be like, we're doing the Renegade. The TikTok of that girl, like, pretending what it would be like if Rachel was singing Driver's License on Glee. Did you send that to I me? I think I sent it to you. And then, I think I sent it to both I've of you, it. and then, like, four people sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of different people that yes. sent me that tiktok i was like oh no my brand yeah i'm <laughs> honestly but yeah i it's it, i i think in my because in my mind i can think of like five different ways they would have handled it mm-hmm. and they all would have sung it in their own it would have been them singing it about different things and then it would all have culminated uh at once um, but yeah, I would definitely say Hamilton or driver's license. I would hate it. Like, I, I, I live in fear of them seeing Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. truly. 100%. Well, you're in luck because it's off the air now. For uh, now. Thank God. Watch for out. Now. Ben Platt is coming for yeah. your Hamilton Glee covers. Yikes. Big yikes oh, no. on bikes. Oh. Oh. oh, no. Well, That's here's whenever. the thing. 
I have a question now, and I feel like I know the answer for two-thirds of this particular podcast hosting uh, conglomerate. But just say you needed to... Just say you needed to um, fill up your uh, iPad, iPod for a long road trip, and you wanted to get a song from this episode um, to listen in the backseat of your parents' car. Um, just, you know, which, which song are you going to get? I would choose fire. However, if the if the context is listening to it in the backseat of my parents' car, I probably would pick the beautiful cover because mm-hmm. that's like that would make for good like looking dramatically out the window as the you know that's world true. rolls by. But like as me as an adult, I would four hundred percent choose fire because it is on my running fire. playlist. It's- that's how you know if a glee song is good, is if it's still on my running playlist. Yeah. And it should be. Yeah, uh, I would listen to Fire driving myself down my road currently, as I did earlier today. Um, So, (laughs) it's it's a good song. It's the right answer. Ian, what is your answer? I'm going with Beautiful. Yeah. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Thank you. You're not wrong. I appreciate it. It's a beautiful song. I just know it's not You're not 100% right. No, because the right answer is the Glee cover. Listen. That song is actually the reason we describe things as fire today. Like, you know how you'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. this, this this meal is fire? That actually came from the Glee episode. Wow, and we all learned something today. Thank you, Karina. <laughs> oh, no. Well. That's right. Well, we did it. Guys. We did it. We made it through an episode that had one good thing and then a bunch of jumbled mess and then another pretty good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Jenna Kate, if pe- if you would like people to find you on the social medias, how can they do so? They can find me on the Instagram. Uh, my handle is Jenna Kate Karn, Karn with a K, uh, just my maiden name. Um, and that's pretty much the only social media I'm active on, and it's where I'm the most interesting. So you can find me there. <laughs> Got dog pictures on there. Or you could follow Rosie, Rosie the Corgi Mix you know yeah she's my baby and what about you karina you can find Where can me people find you you can find me on twitter instagram and they're under the same handle which is epic adventure of um not doing much <laughs> what happened what well, last month was march what do we do in march <laughs> nothing it's been a day guys ian where can people find you <laughs> You can find me at ibroski on Twitter and Instagram, um, ianjbrodsky.com. Um, if you, I mean, I guess like I'm, I'm making TikToks oh. if you want to find me at ibrods there. <gasps> I forgot oh. to plug my TikTok. Yeah, you can find me on TikTok too. Also at Epic Adventure. At Epic Adventure. Please don't find yeah. my TikTok. Don't find don't my TikTok. Find I, will not find I will not tell anyone Jenna's TikTok, but I will say she has one of my favorite TikToks I've ever seen. Which one? Is it the Christmas one? No. Wait, the Christmas one is also good, but it's the one with you at your Halloween party. Okay, maybe I should plug my TikTok. Uh, I think it's JK Monosoff. I don't know. Uh, if you find Karina, you'll find me on TikTok. It's just, um, also the... Yes, there... You're a little wacky way from home play the warm, man. I... I I did I did dress up as the inflatable man outside of a car dealership for my very corporate jobs Halloween contest two years ago. And, you know, I want a gift card. So God. no we shame. Would. No shame. No shame in my costume game. 
Amazing. The show is at Glee Aggressive on your major social media accounts, um, gleeaggressive at gmail.com, because we are waiting for your thoughts and questions and concerns about all things Glee. Am I am I forgetting anything? We haven't recorded an episode in a <laughs> right? few weeks, so I feel like I'm like a little rusty um, on this. You can <laughs> you can uh, oh, tip us through the Acast app. We have that if you want to support yes. the show. You don't have to, but... You know, if you like the show. But it's nice. It's a nice thing to do. And also, if you don't want to do that, but you do want to support us, you can always uh, give us a rating or a review or a subscription or just tell your friends that they should also listen to this. Um, Please. Because, you know, that helps. I mean, shout out to, like, our international listeners, like, especially in, like, Argentina and Japan. And, like, I think Belgium has been, like, listening. So, like, shout out to y'all. Also, of course... My favorite, my favorite place in the world, Canada. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like we just went on an entire roller coaster. Um, we, yeah, we, we clocked in a good long episode about nothing. About this episode, that's about nothing. But that was season one, episode 16. Um, thank you again, Jenna, for joining us for your very important role. You're always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having but that me. That means uh, you can join us, folks, next week where we will be watching episode 17 and talking about bad reputation. So, <sighs> Ian. Karina. Did this episode make you want to watch the next one? No. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I can see why. Um, but that's. It can only get better. Too bad because you have to do it anyway. Da, 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 da.